We start a brand new series about hashtag Jesus 2021 and the title is Has God Forgotten Me? I don't know what's about you, but sometimes I have the feeling, God, you bless everyone else, but what's about me? Have you ever had this feeling? And that's actually a crazy feeling that you think God is blessing everyone, but God somehow, God has forgotten me. And Jesus once said to the disciples, and it's a very important statement actually, he said, you're not my servants anymore. Because a servant doesn't understand what I'm doing, I call you my friends. Now God calls you and me, we are God's friends. And this is a very intimate name actually. And you know, being a friend of God is a very cool thing, right? But Jesus is going further. When he took the Lord's Supper, he said, I wanna do a new covenant. And that covenant has a total different meaning. Being a friend can be also sometimes Friendship is very fragile, right? If you forget, for example, a birthday, or you're going to a rough season, you say, oh, you are my friend, but you never phoned me, you never asked me, you, you just failed, right? But a covenant is at other level than a friendship. A covenant in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, means actually what God belongs to, belongs to me as well. So I want to repeat it. What God belongs to, belongs to me as well. And this is amazing. That means God belongs everything, right? The heaven and the earth. God is not running out of money, of options, of possibilities. And God is saying a covenant means what God belongs to, belongs to me as well. Just think for a moment. If you are God, you will say, oh my gosh, God brings everything. And what are we bringing? Maybe you have an e-bike, or maybe you have a dog, or you have a girlfriend. You have maybe a small apartment. You say, God, what, what I belong, belongs to you as well. And you say, it's not equal. That means God brings more into the covenant than we ever can give and bring. And tonight I want to speak about the covenant of if God, and if you understand the covenant, it changes your whole entire Christianity. You start to realize God is really an amazing God. And I wanna start and dive in into the Old Testament and give you an overview of what the covenant just literally actually means. God starts with the covenant of Noah. And with the covenant of Noah in the Old Testament and God destroys the whole earth with a flood. And check this out, the covenant, with, the covenant with Noah is only a one-way covenant. It's only one hand. And God said after he destroyed the, 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 the earth with a flood, he said, I will never do this again. And the rainbow is a sign from now on, God will never destroy this earth. But what has Noah to do? Nothing. God said, Noah, you can do nothing. This covenant is a one-way covenant. I made a commitment, I will never destroy this earth. The second covenant, it's the covenant with Abraham and Sarah. And God said to Abraham, with, with your own power and strength, you cannot have a baby. And God said to Abraham, I wanna make a covenant with you. You have to believe in me that I, the God Almighty, can do everything. Just believe and the miracles will take place. It's like I give my part, but Abraham, you have to believe. Noah, you can do nothing. Abraham, you have to believe. The second covenant actually is with the people of God. And God said with the people of God in the desert, I wanna make a covenant with you guys, 
But you have to trust and obey the laws. If you obey the laws, the Ten Commandments, I will bless you. You have a long, lasting, blessed, cool, vibrant life. I give my part, but you have to give your part. Then the fourth covenant actually is with David. And God said to David, out of your tribe, I want to save the whole entire world. And I want to make, on a point you as a king. But what you have to do is be obedient and I want to use you as a king. You see, Noah can do nothing. Abraham believed. People of God, be obedient. David believed that out of your tribe, God will bless the whole entire world. And now here's the point. As you, when you read the Bible, you will understand all of those four parties, they failed. And here's the point. Even if we Christians try to be obedient, to live a super holy life, we will not be perfect. And Jesus Christ saw that all those things are not good. And the solution of God was, we speak about the old covenant of the Old Testament. When Jesus Christ came on earth, he brought the new covenant. What is the new covenant? Jesus was saying, like in the days of Noah, salvation is for free. Forgiveness is for free. You cannot do anything in your own power. It's a one-way street. Hallelujah. You cannot earn salvation. You cannot earn heaven. It's a one-way commitment with Jesus Christ. Then Jesus came out of the tribe of Abraham. Jesus has fulfilled all the laws in the Bible. Jesus comes out of the tribe of David. And Jesus Christ is saying to you and me tonight, I am the new covenant. And the new covenant sounds for you like, oh, cool, a covenant is always cool. A covenant means what God belongs to, belongs to me as well. And when we understand what God belongs, that means God has no limitation. There is no sickness, not lacking of any money. God has all the possibilities. And God is saying, what I own, it's yours. It's more than a friendship. Means it's a covenant, it's a contract, and God is saying it doesn't matter if you're living a holy, perfect life. My commitment is you're not waiting for heaven, heaven is already in you. The moment you're closing your eyes on earth, you open your eyes for new reality. It's called heaven and heaven actually. We live eternal. And the new covenant has an amazing meaning. When Jesus Christ died the day before he died, he took the bread. And have you ever wondered why Jesus? took the bread. Why in the world Jesus took the bread? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 and 24. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he was given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Have you ever thought why in the world Jesus took the bread and he broke the bread? Check this out. This is like, are you ready? Foom. Two pieces. Have you ever wondered why? Of course you're saying the bread was too big. He split up in small parts that we were able to eat it. But when Jesus did broke the bread in two pieces, he said a covenant, listen to me, a covenant is always you break a body. You break a body in two pieces. To make a covenant, you break a body in two pieces and you share blood. And here is a picture of Jesus Christ when he was hanging on the cross. I know all the people, you don't like the pictures, too much blood. But for a moment, just look at the blood. 
because there is no such thing as a covenant without the blood. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, this is my body. I split it up in two parts. This is the first step for a covenant. Sharing blood, it's a commitment. I giving over my rights to you. And every time when we take the Lord's Supper, we proclaim the covenant of Jesus Christ in my life. We proclaim what God belongs to, belongs to me. Heaven belongs to me. All the goodness of God belongs to me. And that's the message of the covenant. Hey, I want to dive with you guys into the covenant of Abraham in the Old Testament. And I want to give you a little bit of background, what God actually did. But don't forget, he split a body in two parts. And then blood was sharing to seal a covenant. And let's stick into the story of Abraham. And I will go on stage. And here comes a drama part with Abraham. So Abraham was in the tent. And God promised Abraham, you will have kids. You cannot count it anymore. But Abraham, you heard the word of the Lord, but he was in the stupid tent. And one day God is approaching Abraham and he said, Abraham, come out. Here I am, Lord. Look up at this guy. Count the stars if you can. One, two, three, ten, eleven, twelve, three. That is how many children you will have. Lord, my God, we can't have any kids. But I, I take your promise seriously. All my hope is in you, my God. Hey, Abraham found God's approval and God said, Abraham! I am the Lord. Yes. I brought you out of Ur in Babylonia. Yes, I know. I wanted to give you this land to take as your very own. My Lord, my God, can you help me, please? How? How can I know that one day I will possess all this land here? Tell me. Now comes the question of all the questions. How in the world can this happen? And now God says to Abraham in an amazing Bible verse, Genesis chapter 15, verse 9 and 10, bring me a haver. Yes. A goat. Goat. And a ram. Yes. And each three years old. Yes. Along with a dove. I have one. And a young pig. And cut them in two and arrange them after half opposition to each other. So, here they are, Lord. So when Abraham did that, put the animals into parts, God put Abraham into a deep sleep. Foom sleep. A smoky fire brought with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Lord. And on the day that the Lord, Lord. made a covenant with Abraham. Thank you, Lord. You are holy. I will do whatever you say, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. So, have, you, have you ever fought? Have you ever wondered in the world? Why in the world is God doing what he's doing? And often we read the Old Testament about cutting in two pieces. God puts Abraham into sleep. God gives him a promise. And then we think, oh my gosh, what is God doing? And here is usually when you make a promise, when you make a covenant in the Old Testament, you split an animal in two parts, blood is flowing and flowing. Usually you make a number eight. You're walking around the two pieces like the number eight. And the number eight in the Bible means the new beginning and the resurrection. God is literally saying to Abraham, what is impossible for you, Abraham? I can do it. And Abraham, by the way, I put you to sleep because you're not in the position to fulfill the covenant. I made a covenant with you. You will fail, you will lose, you will do stupid things, but I'm the God Almighty, the perfect God. I make a commitment right now. What belongs to heaven belongs to you as well. And check this out. God, what God is doing all the time, when God gives you a promise, Sometimes it takes years, right? Sometimes it takes months. You cannot see anything. And then we are in a tent. And a tent means you cannot see the stars anymore. You cannot see what God is about to do, right? And in the tent, we start to doubt God is not good. God is not faithful. In the tent, it can be that you're saying, oh, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. I'm a failure. I don't have enough faith, enough strength, enough uh, vision. And in the tent, after one year, two years, 10 years, 15 years, you start believing in the covenant that God is able to do more than you can ever imagine or dream. And the third thing what God always is doing before he performs a miracle, he leads you out from your own tent. And the tent is a symbol of not believing anymore that God is able to do more than you can ever think or imagine. When God is starting a covenant with Abraham, so easily we can miss the point. A friendship is always, if you don't phone me, if you don't write a birthday card, or if you're going to a rough season, if you're not sticking around with me, you're not a good friend, right? A covenant is an other level than a friendship. A covenant means you cannot break this covenant anymore. And God put Abraham to sleep because he knew he will miss, he will fail, he will do stupid things. And this is actually an amazing message to you and me right now. There are two things what Abraham actually did. God did his part, right? But God is doing his part as well. What Abraham did, it's two things, and I think when God is doing a covenant, two things, what we are able to do. The point number one is, give God's promise weight. Give the promises of God weight. In Genesis chapter 15, verse six, the Bible says, Abraham believed in the Lord, and he credited him of his righteousness. When you read this Bible verse, you will say, oh, you, oh my gosh, you see, Abraham is another level. Abraham believed so hard and he was such a cool guy. He was such a faithful guy. He was a righteous guy. And we think, oh my gosh, all the superlatives word you can find in the English language, Abraham 
has fulfilled. I want to read you some headlines about Abraham. Are you ready? He became a father at 100 years old. This is pretty old. A man without doubts. Convinced that God's promise. Unwavering faith. The father of Christianity. Woo! This is how we read the Bible, right? You see, but Abraham, he was another level. I mean, faithful, strong, blessed, anointed, no doubts and nothing. That's why God made a covenant with Abraham. For my life, I was born in Switzerland, most boring place on planet Earth. It's Argau, Turgau, Zurich. I don't know where you're born. And here's the point. Often we start to compare ourselves with Abraham and think this was a man of faith, right? But hey, listen to me. When you study the life of Abraham after God made a covenant with him, you will say, now all is fine. God appeared with signs and miracles, a whole pure show with fire and smoke and everything. He could see the presence of God. He will never doubt. He will never fail. Hey, but only some weeks later, when God made the covenant, Abraham had to run away from the nation because it was a famine in the land. And Abraham, the man of faith, the man who never doubted, he lied to the king that his wife is his sister. Check out the story how faithful Abraham was in terms of lying. A famine breaks out in the land of Canaan. Abraham goes to Egypt with his wife Sarai to fill his belly with falafel. Shortly before reaching Egypt, he says to Sarai, I'm afraid you're gonna cause a stir with all the men because you're so beautiful. Then they're gonna kill me because they want you. Just say you're my sister. In fact, Sarah makes Pharaoh's officials all nervous. They tell their boss about the hot chicken town. Pharaoh doesn't hesitate to have Sarah brought to his palace. He makes her his wife and showers Abraham with gifts because of her. But the Lord punishes Pharaoh and makes him sick. He in turn gets angry with Abraham. Here, take her back. Get her out of here. Oh well. Hey, the man of faith, he lied. You say, oh my gosh, Leo, but he was in a very strange season because the Egypt guy, he wants to kill him. You know, when, 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 when you say in leadership, you're doing a mistake once, okay. But the second time, you're flipping stupid. But Abraham repeated the same story some years later again. He lied twice. And then God said, wait for the promise. You will receive a baby. He could not wait. He started to doubt. And he had sex with, with a slave. The man of faith, the man of righteousness... The Bible says, was unfaithful and he doubted for many, many times. Why am I telling you this story? Because often you make something out of Abraham that he wasn't. Everyone in the Bible was just human being like you and me. They lived, had some doubts, some failures and everything. And now check out in Romans uh, chapter 4, 20 and 22. And this is just, read this very carefully with me. He did not waver to the unbeliefs. He had never unbeliefs. Really? Regarding the promise of God. Really? But he was strengthened in his faith. Really? Paul, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Open your eyes. And he gave God the glory. 
being fully persuaded that God has power to do what he has promised. This is why he was credited to him as righteousness. When you read this Bible verse, there is a problem from that Bible verse to reality. Now listen to me. Here is a nugget. Abraham gave God the glory. Please underline the word glory. The word glory means kabod. Kabod. Kabod is 376 times in the Bible. The word kabod means weight. Abraham gave God weight. Abraham didn't give weight his lifestyle. His lifestyle sucked. He failed many times. Abraham gave God the weight. When God makes a promise, listen to me. Give God weight. Why am I telling you this? Because I'm leading a church for more than 25 years. I'm not shocked anymore. Christians are people, they love Christ, but they're not perfect. The whole, everyone here in this building, you're not perfect. Uh, I'm not perfect either. That's good news. We're on the same level. Faith doesn't mean my lifestyle is perfect. Faith doesn't mean I'm doing everything right. Honoring Kabot means I don't give my lifestyle the weight. I give God the weight. I give God the glory. And in all the failures, Abraham never ran away. And here's the point, often when people fail, when people do stupid things, even Christians, you know what they do? They shame. And they walk away and say, oh, I, I failed. God cannot be, use me anymore. I made too many things that God will not build his kingdom on me anymore. A covenant means it doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're going through, what God belongs, belongs to me. That's a covenant. He broke his body and he shed the blood. You cannot, you cannot change the covenant. And it means Abraham gave God the glory. Don't give your lifestyle the glory. Don't give your faith the glory. Give a person the glory and that person is Jesus Christ. Never run away from God. Run all this to God. You cannot earn heaven. You cannot earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift. If God will give us what we deserve, God bless you. That's not the way how God is. Amazing grace means it's not deserved. It's not my lifestyle. It's not my faith. It's not my, my patience. It's not my, my things that I have. Faith means I give God the glory. And here's the point. A lot of people that say, I cannot honor my mom and dad, or I cannot honor my leader, or I cannot honor my government. We don't honor people because you say, my mom and dad haven't been good parents, or my government is not a good government, or my leader is not a good leader. We don't give the glory if a person is not perfect. Honoring means for us being perfect. But kabod for Abraham meant it's not a lifestyle, it's not a circumstance, it's a person. And Abraham gave all the time God the weight, God all the glory. Listen to me, Swiss people. I don't honor my mom and dad, not because they're perfect. I honor them, kabod. I give my parents weight for one reason. They, they brought me to earth. My mom brought me to earth. And that's it's enough giving all the glory and the kabod. Do you understand? A covenant means I give God 
the weight, not my lifestyle, not my circumstances. Now I say, Pastor Lee, you speak about believing in Jesus Christ, you're going out and you can sin as much as you want. No, that's not my message. You don't, you don't understand. Sometimes even though if you believe in God, we're doing stupid things because we're not stupid. But such things happen. But I never give my failure, I never give my lifestyle, the honor, the weight. I give the person the weight who in the tent gave me the promise that what God belongs, belongs to me. The second thing, what Abraham actually did, and when you, on the, when you read the covenant story, you can often misread it, cast out all your doubts. And here in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 11, Abraham brought all this to him. Then the birds pray, came down, took the car cases, but Abraham drove them away. And here is an amazing lesson. Before God performed the covenant, before God walked to the, to the flesh and the blood and the, and the animals, Abraham had to did his part. Because the birds means in the Old Testament it's unclean. The unclean birds came and they want to destroy the covenant with God. And you can see the same parable in the New Testament. Jesus saying the word of God was sowing into a ground. And then the birds came and they picked it up and they ate it away. And Jesus was saying, be aware of the birds. The birds in the Old and in the New Testament stands for demon, for the devil, for the evil one. And before God wants to do a miracle, a breakthrough, you know what happens all the time? The devil comes and he wants to steal the covenant. He wants to steal the miracle. He wants to steal the blessing. And just be honest for a moment. When you're in a position in the tent and God is saying, just look at the stores. I'm your God. I can do everything. That's the moment where, where we're losing doubt, right? But after a while, if not, the miracle takes place immediately. We start to doubt again. And Abraham kicked away the devil. Abraham kicked away all the doubts. He didn't give the devil and the demons the roots. Do you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you believe in your thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. My lifestyle is so horrible. How in the world can God bless me? How in the world can God use me? You speak about the friendship level. The covenant is not a friendship level. A covenant is another level that God is saying, what belongs to me belongs to you right now. and has nothing to do with your lifestyle. I would love to close the message in a very, very practical way that you understand. Before God is doing a miracle, you're often going to doubts in your life. Doubts is always a part that means you're leaving the comfort zone. You're stepping into something bigger, right? A year ago, about March, I remember we we raising all this money for the REACH campaign 2020 last year. It was 890,000, a very high number. When Corona hit in, I said to God, how in the world can we reach that amount of money? It's so much. People going to crisis. People are losing their job. And a lot of companies going to rough seasons. And when they, so by the end of the year, I saw through a miracle, we are, we are able as a church to reach the goal of 890,000. And I said to God, that's a miracle. And every smart leader in a crisis like this, for the next campaign, for Reach 2021, for this year, I said to God, I want to make the lowest campaign ever. Let's go smooth and let's go safe. 
let's let's go down from 890,000 to 500,000 half a million. That's 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 easy for us at church because I don't want to push the church. I don't want to push people, huh? When you pray with Jesus, it's always dangerous. Prayer is dangerous. I tell you why? Because prayer is a dialogue. I speak to God and God speaks to me, right? When we speak about quiet time, it's the wrong term because it's never quiet because I speak and I'm listening and God speaks to me. And I heard that God was challenging me and said, Leo, Leo, how can you go safe? If heaven belongs to you, why do you go safe? Make the highest reach number you have ever raised in the whole history of ICF. Go over one million US dollars, euro or Swiss money. And announced today our reach campaign is in 2021 is over 1,080,000 Swiss francs. This is the highest number ever. Why I'm telling you to put pressure on you? No, that's not the point. When I announced the number to my staff, you know what the devil is doing? He starts to doubt. Are you really sure? Is this not a little bit too high? But God spoke to me a year ago when Corona started in March. He said to me, for the next 18 months, you have to be a strong leader. You have to be innovative. You have to do things that you have never done before for 18 months. And then the world comes to a normal, back to a normal. I heard that a year ago. And God was saying to me, the whole church is changing. Online will be the new normal. The digital will be the new normal. Because before a year ago, we just met physically, right? Of course, this will not change at all. But the online will be a part around the world. And we will be a digital church for the next couple of years. That means we want to invest money into camera, into new apps, smartphone, iPhones, whatever. And you know it's not cheap. And right now God spoke to me and said, just take the challenge. Not going safe. Stabil like Swiss people. Believe that when God orders something, he will pay it. And this is my challenge. I'm right now in a sharing this story because every one of us, before God is doing a miracle, because God performs a breakthrough, you're going to a season when you hear the promise of God like Abraham. But before this promise takes place, the devil always comes to steal, to rob the word before the word can be rooted and can grow. And my job is to kick away the doubts of the devil. Don't give the devil the permission to sneak into your brain and put you back in your own abilities, in your own strength, in your own qualities. A covenant means what God belongs to belongs to me. And that's another level.